Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Influential Times. This is episode four. My name is Alistair Wheat from Analytica, and I'm going to talk you through a few of the key influencer marketing news stories from the last month. So to start off with, following a bit of a theme from the last couple of episodes, I'm going to talk about changes that Instagram is making. So there has been a big story actually this last month about how Instagram has blocked one of their partners, a company called Hyper based out of San Francisco, for data privacy violations. This followed an investigation by Business Insider that found that Hyper was scraping and storing location data from users when they were posting Instagram stories. And this is against Instagram's terms and conditions. Facebook has instigated an investigation into this and issued a cease and desist to Hyper because it was uh, going against uh, their terms. But all of this really is against the backdrop that we've had for quite a while now about Facebook not really taking proper care of its users' data. Um, and we can all you know, think about particularly the scandal that Facebook had last year with Cambridge Analytica and uh, all of the concerns that were raised about how they, they were able to scrape huge amounts of data without Facebook's uh, knowledge. This also then links to now a wider investigation from Facebook about other platforms scraping the data in a similar way to Hyper. Part of the problem here is that the backdoor that Hyper were using to scrape the data has actually been known about for quite a while. It's a particular um, page that you can view any post and scrape without needing to be logged in. And there are quite a number of platforms that are using this method to scrape Instagram users' data and storing it and using it to analyze what they're doing. And in Hyper's instance, allowing brands to then target users based upon their location data. So there's been a whole number of uh, companies that have now been suspended as part of this investigation. Some, uh, this came as a complete surprise. There was no notification. They were just suspended. Um, but all of these partners were using a combination of both scraping and also official Instagram APIs to provide their services. So for Facebook, they are able to punish these providers because they can switch off the official channel um, through the API. So that, that then hurts these providers. However, where this story is particularly relevant to influencer marketing is that there are quite a number of platforms in the influencer marketing space who are just scraping in order to get data. So many of the tools that uh, validate influencers followers or analyze their audiences and some influencer marketing platforms are scraping data from Instagram in order to you know, provide uh, their clients information about what's going on on Instagram. And many of these ones are not also then using an official API. So Instagram doesn't really have much leverage to stop these other platforms from continuing to scrape. I suspect what's going to happen is that uh, Instagram is going to try and tighten up the way that they're data is accessed. This has happened a bit already in that the uh, page that I mentioned that's been used to scrape can now only be accessed uh, by uh, logged in accounts, but uh, many providers can easily find ways around that. So there's likely to be uh, other steps that Instagram is going to introduce to try and uh, block that out. And I also suspect that this is going to result in a bit of a legal challenge because many of the providers are arguing that these posts are public and therefore even if Instagram doesn't want them to scrape, they're allowed to scrape because it's public data. Uh, so we're probably going to end up in a similar uh, court case to what is currently ongoing between HiQ and LinkedIn, which is still going through the appeals court process, uh, where Instagram is going to you know, take one of these uh, companies to court for scraping and they'll be arguing that they're allowed to. So it's uh, going to, I think, be something that's going to roll on and it can have significant impact for companies uh, that are using tools to do influence marketing on Instagram. So moving away from the cold sort of data privacy and scraping discussions, 
There's been an interesting story this last month about how Estee Lauder has said that they spend now 75% of their digital budget on influencers. So that's a massive proportion of their overall digital budget, which they've also said they have increased. Uh, the key here is that their CEO, uh, Fabrizio Freda, has explained that the reason for the increase is because of their own analysis of the efficacy of their influencer marketing spend and they say that actually it's more effective than other forms of digital marketing spend and they can see that now because they're focusing their influencer marketing campaigns better they're targeting better and they're also focusing more on quality they're getting better and better results so whilst we see that there are lots of concerns quite rightly so about the uh, issues such as influencer fraud uh, data privacy uh, measurement so forth and also just general consumer fatigue, it's clear that many of the top brands are seeing very good results from influencer marketing spend and are therefore plowing more of their digital budgets into influencer marketing. However, Instagram does need to be careful. Uh, we talked about this in previous episodes where Instagram is wanting to kind of rein in a bit of the uh, uh, wild west of influencer marketing and have more of a cut of the spend themselves. But they need to be careful because they have got alternatives now coming up. And we've seen, particularly in the last couple of months, more stories of brands seeing successful influence marketing campaigns on TikTok. So TikTok, um, you know, previously was musically and in many ways it's seen as the uh, successor to Vine as a short form video channel. And uh, a number of brands, uh, the one we've shared in the newsletter is a story of, of uh, a startup company called Hero Cosmetics, uh, which uh, ran side-by-side campaigns on Instagram and TikTok and actually found that TikTok campaigns were far more effective. One of the reasons TikTok is doing so well, I think, is because it is appealing particularly to, to the Gen Z audience and it's generally seen as being uh, more authentic and has still an amateurish feel. Whereas for many of the top influencer campaigns on Instagram, they're becoming increasingly stage managed and perhaps are starting to lose that authentic feel, uh, which made them popular in the first instance. So we're starting to see more brands like uh, Guess, Ruffler and Google, Coca-Cola, the NBA and uh, Chipotle starting to run campaigns on TikTok. And I think we can start to see that happen more and more, especially against the background of uh, engagement rates dropping on Instagram. And so we'll, we'll see how that grows. Um, and of course, we know we still have uh, Snapchat in the mix as well. One of the challenges that Instagram also has is that, uh, particularly in July, there was a cull or a large-scale suspension of many accounts that were creating memes. This was mainly driven by copyright infringement concerns. And there was then a huge backlash from the meme creators against Instagram for being heavy-handed in their approach. These meme creators are an important part of the Instagram community. So now Instagram has actually hired a full-time meme liaison officer. What a job. You get to look at uh, funny cat and dog videos and pictures all day long. Um, I didn't, unfortunately, uh, succeed in my application. Um, but uh, so Instagram now has their own influencer uh, or meme liaison officer. And many of these accounts are used as part of influencer marketing campaigns by brands. So they will... Uh, even though they're, they're, it's not a personal account, they will still be doing stuff with brands uh, alongside their uh, funny memes and so forth. So that's quite an interesting one to watch as well. To finish off, I want to recommend a blog post and also a LinkedIn post. 
Both of them are B2B focused, so we're, we're not just going to be talking about B2C this episode. Uh, the first one I want to recommend is a fantastic interview with one of the uh, B2B world's influencer marketing greats, uh, Connie Alex, who is the Director of Influencer Relations at Dell. Uh, the interview is done by marketing profs Kerry Asher-Gogon, and uh, there are some really great pearls of wisdom uh, that I'd highly recommend you listen to if you work in B2B marketing. Uh, one of the key quotes uh, from Connie is uh, from the interview is that uh, Dell's number one rule is that we don't pay for opinions. Uh, that's a really important distinction. We may compensate for time spent. For example, if someone speaks at an event, there's prep time and there's time away from their business. But these are fees uh, that we're happy to pay if it makes sense. However, we never pay for their opinion. So uh, important distinction about how to approach paying influencers in the B2B context. And uh, finally, I also want to just recommend a great LinkedIn post from Angela Lipscomb, where she shares some of her uh, predictions about what's going to be coming up in the future in the influencer relations field. So again, this is focusing more on organic uh, influencer engagement rather than paid for influencer engagement, which is more focused on the B2B area, but isn't just related to, to B2B. So I highly recommend uh, you check her links and posts out as well, which we link to in the newsletter. So that's it for this episode. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, do feel free to get in touch with us. Uh, you can find me at Al Wheat on Twitter. That's A-L-W-H-E-A-T-E. -E. I'm happy to answer any questions you've got, or you can find us at Onalytica. Uh, if you want to talk to us uh, and our team will be happy to respond to you there as well. That's it for now. Bye-bye.